This is Business with Benefits, because there are so many things you get from business besides dollar signs. I'm on this journey with you, and I'm your host, Daryl Perry, aka the guy with the bow tie. You made it this far, so let's get into it. I'm here with Miss Michelle Taylor-Willis on another edition of Business with Benefits. Uh, we're both in the Georgia area. I'm over in Cobb County. You're in Atlanta proper. That's right. Yep. Okay. Been here your whole life? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not in Georgia Peach. Yeah. I, <laughs> Atlanta's great, but I can't claim it as, as home. I'm from Florida. Born and raised okay. in Duval County. So I'm sure everybody knows what Duval is. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, the, the reason I wanted to kind of do this, I, I try to, you know, talk to people that have a interesting background or been doing a lot of good things. And I noticed on LinkedIn, you have a ton of accolades. So um, for the people kind of jumping in here that don't know who you are, kind of give a little commercial about, you know, where you started to how you are now. Got it. So right now um, I own two companies. I'm going to work on it backwards. I'm, I'm a reverse engineer, if you will. I love it. So um, right now I own two companies. I own Ganyu Media, which houses a um, luxury lifestyle magazine here in Atlanta. Okay. Um, also a radio station, um, mixx106radio.com. Um, and I have a show on that station called According to Michelle. I know that's a ingenious title right it took a lot for me to come up with that right um and then um i do billboard uh leases and rentals and stuff like that as well under my media company i also do some on-camera um advertising things for um for my clients only Mm-hmm. And then um, I own MTW Enterprises, which is a business empowerment company. Okay. And under that brand, really, it's about empowering people to empower people. And everything I do under that brand really is finding ways to make sure that people have what they need um, in business or otherwise so that they can go off and be empowering to other people. So um, I'm a motivational speaker. Um, I'm a business speaker. I speak a lot to uh, entrepreneurs or executives and leadership. Um, I speak on topics such as significance versus success, um, the power of your mind, um, working in the middle with entrepreneurs, um, casting vision and creating like this vision mindset. Um, I also fashioned the, under the MTW brand, I fashioned this conference called the Moms All In Conference, which is built, yeah, it's a really cool deal. We're in our third year of that, Um, but that's built for uh, entrepreneurial females who are trying to build successful businesses, mm-hmm. but are also trying to build successful selves, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's important, it definitely. Is, it is, and, and we can't always figure out how to do both. So one one side of the scale or the other is usually kind of missing, right? We have great business and we are you know, overweight and tired and don't spend enough time with our kids, right? Mm-hmm. Or we're in great shape and everything is awesome, but the business isn't quite where we want it to be. So we teach people how to um, to be able to do both. And then I'm the paid spokesperson um, for brands as well. So there's a couple local and national brands that um, pay me to basically use my likeness to help them promote and stuff like that. So that's where I am now. And if we back up from that, right? Um, I was, I, I'm built, born and bred as an entrepreneur. So I've always had entrepreneurial enterprises. 
Um, so I entered media basically by buying a magazine and I expanded my media enterprise from there. Um, I had a, yeah, exactly. And it was really, it was really built as a revenue generator. And then I just saw that there was so much more that, you know, I could do with that brand. And that's how I ended up, you know, kind of building out from there. But before that, um, I owned an HR consulting and a medical consulting company where um, that business was basically built on providing HR solutions for small businesses. So kind of, you know, small business consulting. Okay. Um, and I had a lot of experience dealing with physicians and practices um, because that was my sales job before that. <laughs> and so we kind of broadened the company and made it into a medical consulting company. So there's several practices around Florida, Georgia, um, South Carolina, North Carolina, um, Alabama, where my firm either built the practice start to finish or we consulted on the practice and different pieces of the practice did a contract negotiations any of that before that like i said when she launched me into that was i was a, a sales rep i sold drugs legal drugs <laughs> well you gotta back up yeah you can't just say it that way <laughs> can't you say i sold drugs i sold drugs no. and i was so good at it i was just so good at it um yeah, I, I was a pharmaceutical sales rep and then I was a medical device rep. And through that, I, I um, just established a lot of relationships, key business relationships with a lot of physicians. And I started studying how to run medical practices as businesses, not just uh, as clinical, right? These clinical entities, um, mm -hmm. because doctors aren't trained at learning how to run a business. They're trained on how to think algorithmically yep. and how they treat and diagnose patients, but no one's teaching them about business plans and performance and things like that. So I learned that um, as a business and then, you know, so that's how we got into medical consulting. And before that, um, I was always in sales. Right out of college, I was a salesperson. I mean, I sold everything, literally, <laughs> you know, I mean, everything from plumbing to appliances the um fiber for you know telephone telephone mm -hmm. systems pbx's um internet data um you did all of it yeah, that's you quite a resume and i want you to know when i'm looking down i'm not ignoring you i'm checking the comments real quick to kind of oh no problem the comments yeah okay. say uh miss nisha says she's watching later so thanks for jumping in uh chantel bryant she said amazing through your comments donovan a friend of mine said awesome Simone Woods also said love it. So I just want to make sure the people in the comments know we're, we're seeing them. Awesome. Um, we see sales, you. We see <laughs> Was sales your first choice or did it just kind of happen? You know, I started selling insurance uh, when I was 15. Okay. And it just kind of happened. I mean, I was dating a guy at the time whose um, mom owned an insurance agency. Mm -hmm. And I worked in her agency. And that was my first sales job. I was literally 15 and I just did cold calls. So, awesome. yeah, I mean, so when people say they don't like cold calling, like, I'm like, you don't know cold calling. You know, I was on the phone from seven to nine, you know, on Tuesdays and Thursdays calling adults, trying to get them to set up appointments for their insurance needs. Mm -hmm. And I set up more appointments than some of the other, like the, you know, agents in, in training, um, basically. And I remember I would get paid in Victoria's Secret apparel. Not like, <laughs> not like the risque, but back yeah. then, you know, Victoria's Secret had tons of like really cool Pink clothes. And stuff like that. Yeah, clothes. And so the agent would pay me. She'd give me, you know, cash, but then she'd be like, you know, if you get a, you can get a bonus and you can order anything you want out of the clothes section of Victoria's Secret. And I'm like, yes, 
thing. Awesome. Yeah. And so, I mean, from there, it really was just, I mean, at that, I mean, I was 15. I just always was in sales and entrepreneurship is a thing for me because both sides of my family, I mean, it's entrepreneurs all two, three generations back mm-hmm. on both sides. So, it, you know, every, my mom, you know, my great grandfather and great grandmother, my grandmother and great grandmother, my mom and my dad, That's everybody awesome. is an entrepreneur. So I just can't get away from it. Well, that explains your, your resume being so extensive. And when you give a shout out to the ladies of AKA. That's right. <laughs> you represent them well. Cap out the side for me, so we got to represent them. Oh, good stuff. AKA, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep, both the cap is the bunch. That's right. Um, yeah, alphas don't like to hear us say that, but <laughs> you're right. My roommate was an alpha in college, so he didn't like hearing that either. <laughs> um, but it's interesting you mentioned that they having the background of entrepreneurship in the family. I think that a lot of people um, they hear that and think that it's just kind of like easy just to go start a business, but. I realized in me doing this for a while that I noticed a lot of people don't like the the boring part of business. So kind of, what, how did you go from like the funny, exciting stuff to getting the Victoria's Secret into the more boring Monday? <laughs> well, you know what? Um, the the excitement is kind of like being in a new relationship. Sometimes, right? The the honeymoon phase is over pretty quickly if you yeah. do business right. And what I mean by that, it, it, I don't mean it can never be exciting, but you know, there's stuff that you have to sit down at your computer or at a pen and pad and do. There's just no getting around it. Around it. And you know, the failure rate is so high for um, entrepreneurs, right? And especially, unfortunately, black entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the reasons business fail is because, it, it's not because the idea is bad, it's because the execution is bad. Yeah. Um, and the execution starts with what happens before you start the business. Mm-hmm. Right, and so there's got to be a business plan. There's got to be budgets. There's got to be performance. There's got to be visions and missions and the, these avatars. Although the avatar is actually kind of exciting to build, right? Who's, who's yeah. going to buy from you? But I mean, you know, I call that the middle, right? The middle is all the things in business that we typically don't want to do that we have to do in order to make the business successful. And I mean, it's just there's no way around it. Yeah. Right. And so if you don't do it, the chances of your business failing are so much higher. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I spend a lot of time when I do one on one consulting, which I do do. I don't advertise it a lot. Mm-hmm. But when people reach out to me and they have expressed um, true interest and engagement and wanting to do that, those mm-hmm. are the things we spend time on. My strategy sessions are built around the vision, the mission the business planning pieces, all those pieces of the business plan that people mm-hmm. miss a lot. And if they don't do it, I don't work with them. That's a good criteria. I mean, that might be the reason why, I don't know if it's the black culture specifically, but you think that's the reason why the black culture has a harder time of business is because of the planning element and the uh, the not sexy part behind the scenes? Do you think that's the reason why? Yeah, well, I think that there's... There are a few reasons for this. One, I do believe in the past, resources have been scarce, right? We haven't always had the opportunity to do things that, you know, our white counterparts have been able to. So I will concede that. Um, However, it's different. And we have a lot of great resources now, right? But but let's stick with that. So that's one thing. Um, Two, I think we have this mentality like the man is bad. (laughs) 
mm-hmm. right? And we don't want to work for the man. We've seen the man, you know, um, you know, disparage our families and take advantage and do all these things. So from us, it's like we got to build our own. We've got to have our own. We've got to create our own, which I totally agree with. Um, and so, and and then I think there's this level of excitement that we get when we feel like we have the ability to have our own. Yeah. And so we we get excited about what can be, mm-hmm. and we live in that moment. And so I think those three things are the contributing factors. And let me speak to those one right. We we used to not have the resources, but we have the resources now. We got to take advantage of them. Every single resource we have, we got to take advantage of. Like right now. Okay, we can't continue to use the excuse we don't have because mm-hmm. there's so many people that have done well to dispute that. To dispute that. Yep. The next thing is not wanting to work for the man. The man built the system, right? If you look at the Johnson and Johnsons of the world and all of these these Fortune 500 companies, they've done something right to be yeah. able to build these multi-billion-dollar enterprises. Mm-hmm. And so my thought, and I get it well, why some people might disagree with me, and that's fine. But my thought and my um, stance has always been, learn from the people who created the system. Don't try to recreate yep. the system. You know, so I worked corporately for a very long time. I worked for large companies. I mean, my first job out of college was with Ferguson Enterprises, which at the time was the largest plumbing wholesaler in the nation, right? I worked for um, two different companies within Johnson & Johnson, the family of companies. I worked for Adelphia Business Solutions, which um, before the, you know, CEO of the company was taken to jail, during the height of the telecom, who (laughs) was like the largest, um, the largest leg or alternative telephone company out there. So Mm -hmm. I watched corporations being built. I watched huge corporations um, continue to grow. And so I, I learned from every step of those processes. And so then when I delved into entrepreneurship, I began to take those processes with me and that's how I built my own businesses. But then that's also how I trained my entrepreneurs and my, you know, my doctors that I worked with, I trained them according to these, these spreadsheets and these processes, right? Yeah. And that's how we created really successful businesses. So I think that people really should not discount what corporate America can bring and the experience that it can bring to your entrepreneurial enterprises because most companies fail because they they miss these processes. Oh yeah, I love I love that show The Profit by uh, Marcus. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. People, process, and product. I mean, I, that's, that's the right. simplest way to explain it. And yep. We had a uh, Chris Wrangle said hello. Uh, Donovan also says super awesome interview. Keep on the giving to the world your gift. Hey, thank you. He's leveraging human capital, so that's important. Yeah. Uh, Chris also says she has a great way of communicating. Wow, you can tell us from experience from from the heart. Oh, um, thank you. That's the reason why I to have you on here. I mean, I, I can look at your resume and that looks great, but just the the brief conversation we had before, I could tell yes. it was a real thing. And I think a lot of people don't see women down to earth that do that they see these uh mega figures that you can never really see so right i thought it was important for you to understand like in a local community kind of your you know top atlanta women top 25 top 100 several different lists um how how do you leverage the local community to kind of build your business when you started out 
Yeah, so that's a really great question because, um, you know, I talk to entrepreneurs, all the, actually I talk to people all the time, right? And one of the things I tell people, I just had this conversation, is that it's one thing to have connections mm. and network, but if you can't leverage that network and those connections, you're dead in the water. I mean, there's no purpose. Now, I'm not saying you just, you build these superficial relationships so that you can get something out of it at the end, right? right? I personally believe that I love having these these two-way relationships and I'm happy getting less out of it than the person on the other side. I just want to get something out of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with you getting more than me. Um, mm-hmm. But the key is to be intentional about just about everything. And yeah. I use the chestnut checkers approach, right? Um, most people think very myopically. Mm-hmm. Like, what can I get right now how much right. can I have right now what relationship can I have right now and successful people don't think in those terms yeah. right they're not thinking of what they can get out of it right now they're thinking how can I help help this person how can I help this person right now and then um and then let's see what it might look like for me down the line down the road yeah. so um I I believe that networking is done wrong right um people are just out there meeting people to meet people and that's great but that's how you end up busy all the time with no money in your pocket (laughs) right um and so you have to be strategic about the people with whom you really want to engage when you're out there especially as an entrepreneur you will be dealing with people all the time that that really can't make you any money and grow your business um so as it comes to the local community one i always tell people um there's so many organizations out there you can't engage with every single organization you run out of money and you run out of time yeah definitely so think about the business that you're in and where your potential relationships and where your potential clients Mm -hmm. um and where people that you can potentially help lie and go after those organizations right i got i know somebody that joins every club that's a member of every um uh, every group and and uh you know i remember her saying like she's not in tech right and i'm like you haven't joined your local chamber but you're a member, right, member right. of like the national association of tech or something they're like well so many great people in there yeah but but focus on what you focus on your space first yeah right get in your space own your space and then branch out right if you don't have any connections where you where your low-hanging fruit is why are you you know all the way up here trying to get through it from the top of the tree does that make mm-hmm. sense yeah i think also i mean like you said if you're in so many groups you never really get to build a relationship you're just yeah going out passing cars and moving from group to group i know like for me i'm only in a handful of groups that i regularly go to that are consistently meeting um mm-hmm. i can definitely say i fell into the trap of connections when i first started I would go to several groups and I'd go once and twice every once in a while. But looking back, I never made a single relationship out of those meetings. I just had a stack of cards that weren't benefiting anything. But Michelle, that sounds like work. That sounds like work making a relationship. I mean, that doesn't sound like what people want to do nowadays. So why, why do you think that habit still works of making relationships locally? So, so everybody wants to hustle. Nobody wants to work. <laughs> True. Right? I mean, everybody wants to hustle and nobody wants to work. And the thing is, um, 
again, it's all about strategy and it's mm-hmm. about intentionality and chess, not checkers. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to back up where I sound like a reverse engineer. So if you yep. think about as an entrepreneur, um, you have to be playing in a space that makes the most sense for you. Mm-hmm. Whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're working for someone else. What happens is that people are doing things that they were never purposed to do. Mm-hmm. And they were never meant to do. And they're not passionate about. And when you're in that space, everything will feel like work. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, you won't get any pleasure or fun. I mean, hustling is fun, quote unquote, and that euphoria of, oh my gosh, I just did a deal, but work is more of the long game. Right. And so, I mean, and there's so many people, I mean, you think about it, if you pick 10 people, nine out of 10 of those people are not doing what they really want to be doing. They're like, yeah, I'm doing this. I might be making, you know, $350,000 doing this, but what I really like doing is this. Mm-hmm. And so that's why that $350,000 for them is painstaking because <laughs> they don't like doing it. And so the, 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 um, the alignment that I'm making here for you, Daryl, is that if you are doing something that you're purposed to do mm-hmm. and you're able to monetize that purpose, the relationships won't be a stretch. Building the relationships won't be a stretch. Building the strategic relationships won't feel like work um even doing the business plans and that you know all that middle stuff that i referenced earlier mm-hmm. it won't really feel like work or won't feel as as much like work mm-hmm. because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and so you have a why right yeah. your why again we reverse engineer so we we start with this why and we back up you know, if we back away from the why, then all of that mundane stuff begins to, to appear less mundane yep. because we're working towards the why. Does that make yeah. sense? I feel like yeah, I said a lot, but that makes sense. I mean, businesses that we was talking about that business isn't sexy. I mean, it, when you watch the movies, when you watch Wolf of Wall Street and stuff like that, business looks super energetic and sexy, but to me, a boring. Yeah, so you snort too much cocaine and you can't drive your car that night. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at boring business that just mundane that the same thing happens because then when I leave work, I can kind of have the fun. But right. people don't see that. They see the get my MBA, get my degree, whatever, and I'm going to go take over corporate America and run yeah. this whole thing. But you met another woman, which I want to say is very notable. Um, I think 2020 is the year of the woman because a lot of stuff has been leading up to this. Yeah. But all before that, it wasn't really easy as a woman in business, and it's still not easy now. But navigating all that, how has that been for you as a woman, yet alone a black woman? How's navigating that whole everything? A little black woman. <laughs> yeah, that makes it even harder. Woman alone, a black woman makes it difficult. So, how's that journey been for you? Um, that's a great question. So, let me back up and say that work never really feels like work for me. I just want to close that okay. out, right? So that people can get this, because I feel like if people can really, really get this piece, it makes so much, so many other things that are not tolerable, tolerable. Mm-hmm. Find your purpose mm-hmm. and find a way to monetize it. Figure out what your why is. Mm-hmm. Okay, find your why in life. Figure out your purpose. Find a way to monetize it. In work, 
will not feel like work. I'm not saying, I hate doing business plans. I hate doing mine. I just finished two more, um, right? For revamping these business plans for a couple of businesses. And it is not something I like to do, but when I get into the business plans and I start talking about my vision and my mission, it gets me excited. I'm like, I can't wait to get it out. Yep. And that's what that fire will do for you, okay? So let me just, I wanted to just go back and say that. Is it foolproof? No, but it's a lot. It makes it a lot easier. Okay. In terms of being a woman, um, I have to be very honest here. I haven't had, that I know of, maybe I have had challenges because I'm not in the backdoor meetings. <laughs> right? Okay, so maybe, uh, you know, it would have been easier if I were a male, but I haven't had a lot of challenges being shunned or shut out or um, missing out on something that I know of yeah. from being a woman. And here's why I think that is. Um, I operate, this is going to, I can't make this sound good, but... This isn't gonna be like I guess it is being recorded. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, go. Like, wait a minute. Okay, um, I operate like more like a man than a woman. And see, as you was talking, I was thinking even to get to that point, kind of yeah. like you, you definitely present yourself in a strong way, and I don't, I don't want to characterize a woman by saying. Yeah, I don't mean that to sound you. like I don't want to get like you know darts thrown at me from the women. Yeah. What does that mean, like? I don't mean that in a bad way, um, but you understand what I mean, right? Yeah, you um, come into a room, you know where you're there, and you say why you're there, and it's no that's exactly uh, right hidden agenda or anything. It's just this is it. Oh, real quick, I want to give a comment from um, okay. uh, Donovan said, "When is she going to do her first TEDx?" So this is <laughs> a TED talk coming up. <laughs> Chris actually asked, "How much focus should be put on to online connecting versus old school networking prospecting?" I'll lean into old school because I'm new to social media. But he's a startup. Now, Chris, you don't seem like you're a startup. You sent me a video message and right off the rip. I thought that was actually pretty cool. But um, Michelle, what do you think? Like, what do you think? How much time online versus in person for a new company? Okay, that's a great question. Um, tried and true always works. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. I was watching Bill Maher uh, the other day, and so. One of the things he basically said, I won't go into details because it's Bill Maher, right? So he never right. coming out of that mouth. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, what he said was, you know, human interaction, interaction, one-on-one -on -one interaction is like the last thing we have left. He was basically talking about these people that get in relationships with like, you know, the robots or hologram. Mm -hmm. like, literally people are like marrying robots are falling in love with planes and, and his whole thing was like the, the only thing after you know we don't have politics left right you know we don't have this human decency thing left the yeah. only thing we have left is, is human contact so yeah. let's not screw that up and i would completely agree with that so the question here's how i would answer that question nothing beats getting in a room with people that you can help fulfill their why and they can help you fulfill yours mm -hmm. in creating intentional engaging relationships there's nothing there is nothing that beats that and that's why i said networking is so key but networking is done wrong right yeah. when people go to network um i forgot did chris ask that question yeah chris asked that mm -hmm. yeah, chris, okay 
So what happens, um, Chris, is that people get into these networking groups or even to a business organization and they get cards and they're like, hey, yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to get with you and uh, we're going to meet. And we're going to go to lunch. and We're going to do all this stuff and make some money. And then you leave and you never talk to the person again. Yes. That happens um, all the time. It happens all the time. So here's an example of the chess, not checkers approach. When you're intentional about wanting to do business with someone, when you meet them and you want to further or examine a relationship with them, you both pull out your calendars and you set appointments right then. Yep. Right then. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and you get it on the books and then you go and you connect with them immediately on LinkedIn. Are you on LinkedIn? Give me your name. Let me pull that up right now. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because those are the, that's the way you create relationships mm -hmm. and you begin to see what happens with the relationships and how they can go further. But people don't do that. They exchange cards and they go about their business and they lose the cards or they go back to the cards a week later and they can't remember who's what. And then it's just, and listen, I, every single thing I'm telling you is not because I'm perfect at it. I've, I've done all this. I've made all this. I know I only look like 25. <laughs> <laughs> But I've been in this game a very long time mm -hmm. and, uh, and networking is wrong. And the reason people go to socials and it's because it looks easy. It looks easy and it looks like you can grab those relationships up right now. I'm not discounting social media. I think it's great. And I think DMing people and, um, and reaching out to people is a great way to do business. But you've got to follow up from there. What happens when you DM somebody on Instagram? Mm -hmm. You want to get on the phone with a phone call or you want to get a meeting, right? Yeah, that's the biggest thing people don't get is that social media kind of accentuates everything else. So yeah. for me, like, I hate business cards most for the most part. I want to waste your money and I'm probably going to lose it, being honest about myself. So I would much rather connect with you and kind of be engaged that way. And Chris, to kind of better the social media aspect, try voice notes or the video message like you sent me. Like Chris sent me a video message saying, hey, I know someone you might want to know, da 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 sent the phone number we had a conversation we texted a little bit so that's the right way i think to kind of mix old school and new school is it still gets that human interaction because people like every single day I'm sending yeah 30 to 40 voice messages to people every single day and it could be their birthday they had a job change they had an article featured on linkedin and you'd be surprised how much engagement that gets because people say oh my god i didn't know you could do voice notes in linkedin or thank you for doing that or you took the time to do that so if you're an introvert and you're like social media is a good thing for you, just use the power of the video and the audio just to humanize it. Exactly. I think that that's a great, that's a really great idea. Um, I just I hate for people. I don't want people to lose the, the true, like the, the organic stuff mm -hmm. really works when it's done well and follow up. Is yes. That's so big. You know, follow up is huge. I mean, you can't just walk if you build it they will not come <laughs> it's, it's just in the movies friends <laughs> you gotta go get them and you can follow. think about when people send you emails you're busy right yep. you might really want to do it but it might take them five six seven times to get you and on that seventh time you're like oh yes i'm so glad you followed up with me because i want to do this yep. what happens right it's not that people don't want to do business with you it's just that they're freaking busy 
Yeah, I tell a lot of people like you know, silence isn't rejection when you're prospecting or new business development, whatever you call it. I don't take silence as rejection. I take it as you weren't ready at that time. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I will say no, like no, (laughs) I just can't. Give me six months, right? But um, Mm -hmm. the follow up is key. And let me tell you a big to to go back to your question that you asked about how you know we how I've been able to manage as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said I act like a man, and and what I what I really mean by that is that um, there's a confidence that you carry around with you all the time, man, woman, whatever. Yeah. Um, you either have a lot of confidence or you have very low amount of confidence, and mm-hmm. or you can be somewhere in between. Okay, if you carry around a low amount of confidence or somewhere in between, mm-hmm. you automatically are losing. Mm-hmm. Because the world is waiting, literally, to chew you up and spit you out. Especially if you're an entrepreneur, and especially if you're playing in a space that is competitive, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have a novel idea, you're trying to make mm-hmm. something better. So if you can't operate at a space uh, when you're a hundred percent convinced and convicted about who you are and what you bring to the table, you automatically lose. And as a woman, you especially lose because mm-hmm. men are waiting to discount you or to just, you know, assess you as what you look like, right? I mean, let's face it. We look at looks and people who, I mean, I'm not saying like you have to be beautiful, but I mean, if you carry yourself in a certain way, if you always look nice and you're always kind of together, people are going to go to you first as opposed to someone who always looks disheveled or their bag you know papers are all out of their bag and you know their hair is like in 15 different directions you know Um, i mean it just it just is what it is there's Mm -hmm. not you know and so if you can keep those basic things together and if you can communicate like you know what you're talking about not like what you think you know what you're talking about and if you can back that up right with experience and knowledge then you absolutely are winning and that's how i've been able to do it really i mean i tell myself every day my 50 percent is better than anybody else's 100 percent, and i'm mm-hmm. the best i do i'm the best at what i do nobody does what i do better than me and when i am one-on-one with my clients or when i'm speaking to a large audience mm-hmm. that's what i tell people you got to tell yourself you're the best at what you do whether you believe it or not because guess what if you say that to yourself every day for a year at some point you'll start believing that shit <laughs> no, you're right i know i did that when i you know my business i was going on appointments not having anything everything was a cold call and on the way to every meeting i would say i'm the best this is going to make sense to them they're going to understand what i have to say it's going to help them out I would say that every single time before every meeting I had my first two years of my business, and I could definitely say I drank the Kool-Aid and uh, <laughs> started believing that too. And we had some time. Kool-Aid, right? Yeah, we had Dr. Carl and Maria Jones at Team Live. Thanks, Doctor, for joining us for that. Thanks for uh, coming. Thanks for dialing in. Yep, Simone said very good points. Uh, Chris said, got it. That sounds like a great idea, mixing the old school and new school. Thank you very much both. Uh, Donovan is an invite for you. So uh, I met at LinkedIn. Hey, Donovan, let's keep this professional, all right? <laughs> I met Donovan at a local uh, LinkedIn in person. Have you done one of those before, Michelle? You know, I have not. I saw one that happened towards the end of the year last year in Atlanta, and I actually reached out to the woman. I think that was helping. Maybe that's her. Yeah, yeah. And yep. I was like, how do 
how we do this because this seems it looked like there was a great response that's where i met donovan actually i would say that event made the biggest jump in my linkedin um utilization i met shanae murray you've probably seen shanae murray all the time on um linkedin i got to meet her and courtney here yeah 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 yeah. i I met to meet them finally in person we've been cyber buddies for a long time but that was our in-person meeting so donovan said please invite her to the next linkedin meet atl she needs to be on stage make it happen so i've been challenged (laughs) to get you on stage for this i like the way you think donovan yes make it happen Please yeah, put, you in touch with my, put you in touch with my booking people. Yeah, <laughs> well, Donovan, we're in touch with your assistant. <laughs> and, uh, oh, Wendy. Hey, Wendy. If you guys don't know Wendy Lane, she does the Sexy Chef, ah, the sexy chef on LinkedIn. Um, I'll be interviewing her in about a week and a half soon. So she does a very interesting personal branding. Oh, she nice. Said, um, I agree. Is she cook? I heard chef. Is yeah, she's a great cook. Yeah, she's awesome. a great cook. Me love food, Wendy. Me love food. <laughs> She said, I agree. The expression, pick it till you make it, holds merit. <laughs> oh, here's, now, here's a good AKA thing for you, Michelle. How okay. should someone that is 49 years of old that is interested in becoming an AKA, what is the best course of action to accomplish that? Ah, that's great. Okay. So the first 49 years old. Wow. Okay. So the first thing is research. I always tell people, research everything. Do your due diligence and make sure that this is the right fit for you. AKs, we're built on service to all mankind. That's our thing. Um, and there are people that join that don't, they don't like doing the community service. So I'm like, that's kind of our deal, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so research and make sure that this is absolutely what you want to do and it's the commitment. I'm assuming you've probably done that, but just FYI. Yeah. Um, the second thing is that oh, a friend of her, not her. This is Simone's friend. This is an asking for a friend, Simone. Asking for a friend. <laughs> That's one of the rules, right? When I I played in college, and so when uh, when we were in school, they told us like, don't tell anybody you want to pledge. Just like you know, be very secretive about it. And so I guess forty nine. So I know it's not her. So. <laughs> um. So the other thing is, so we talked earlier about these intentional relationships right chestnut checkers mm-hmm. so start aligning yourself with aka's that are in the chapter that you want to be with which you want to be affiliated so find those people find out where they hang out find out you know take them to lunch take them to coffee do whatever and begin aligning yourself right and creating these relationships because here's the thing even if it ends up that you don't you know, decide to to go out for the sorority or it doesn't work out, you've probably established an amazing relationship because the AKAs are amazing. So there's that. Um, that plug in there, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, once you do that, once you figure out exactly where you want to be, in ter- I mean, you know, once you start aligning yourself, then, you know, you'll have the chapter resources available, right? And so these people will be will tell you what you need to do I'm, I'm a huge fan of asking questions like there's no reason we should be able to figure we have to figure this out on your own mm-hmm. find somebody who can help you ask them for help yep right ask them for help how do i just like you just asked for your friend got it <laughs> uh, just like you just asked find the right people and ask for help and again some of this comes from the research um, but a lot of this is just finding out directly, you know, once you decide on the check, once you decide you want to do it, figure out the chapter, you know exactly when the whom, um, you know, you've aligned and you've started some key relationships because right. um, you got to have a sponsor. Someone's got to, you know, you got to put somebody down on the application that's going to be able to help you. 
Um, and then after that, it's the application process. So. Uh, real quick comments, real quick. Wendy said, yes, I cook. Would love to cook for you. So check out Oh my gosh. Wendy, don't even friend. <laughs> she has some great, if you look at her profile, she has some great photos of her food and everything. And she gets tons of people wanting to cook for her or her to cook for them. And uh, Simone wants you to know clearly it's a client. It's not her. She's like, it's a client. It's not me. But Simone, I guess you can tag your friend in the in the live stream. Maybe she'll reach out to Michelle and they'll talk or something. Maybe yeah, you'll I'll be your sponsor. <laughs> There's a story behind that, but yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, I want to wrap it up here. I know you got things going on now. So what's something you want to kind of leave LinkedIn with? There'll be people watching the replay and the people on live still here. What are some things you want to leave the LinkedIn role with? All right. So let's start. Um, one of these is this is the life lesson. Okay. Mm -hmm. Life lesson is you have to be confident mm -hmm. about who you are, what you bring to the table, your value, all of those things that's the life lesson okay whether you're an entrepreneur you're an executive you're working at you know you're a general manager at a retail store it doesn't matter mm -hmm. everything starts and stops with confidence and if you don't believe you are the best at what you do nobody else will either yep period point blank now excuse me that fake it till you make it is it fake it till you make it is a thing Right. I mean, not necessarily on your experience and all that. Like if you say you've done something, you need to be able to prove you, you can do it. Right. right. But, but just in terms of confidence, I love that. Um, you know, I think Wendy, Wendy mentioned that is that, yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta believe you're the best, even when you don't believe you are. Yeah. And this comes from positive affirmations. This comes from, I mean, my son is 21. And he's at Georgia State, and um, and so he's at home while he's going to college. And so you had him when you were five. Then? I had him when I was three. It was like a a a novel, like a marvel of science. People couldn't believe it. They're like, she's three, she's pregnant. It's it was insane. I mean, like I flashed all the. Um, I can't even get that out without laughing. Um, but but yeah, and so but my son is awesome at this. He wakes up every morning when I'm like down and he's getting ready ready for class. He's got Les Brown playing and mm, all of these different it. these YouTube videos about. And it's like I don't even have to. I don't even have to ask what it is. It's just about you're the one that can make you. You're doing this and you're doing that. And he's just listening to. He listens to it every morning. I mean, That's it's awesome. just it's insane what he has been able to do. And so. He's just 21, you said, right? He's 21, yeah, he just oh, turned. He's a great path. I wish I was doing that when I was 21. Yeah, he's been doing it since he was like 13. I'm not even yeah, kidding. I wish. And he knows these words of these videos by heart. Oh, I he can recite them by heart. So so my point is, so, so to answer that question on a very broad, you got to be confident and you got to tell yourself what you are before you are there. You know, if you want to leave legacy, I'm leaving the legacy. I used to tell myself I owned a media company. I said it for years when I bought the magazine before I transitioned into media, it was publishing. And I would say, mm -hmm. I own a media company. People pay me to speak. People want to hear me speak. People mm -hmm. love to hear me speak. I speak all over the world and I own a media company. Now. Mm -hmm. So this confidence is a thing and I, I'm passionate about it, as you can tell. And I speak about it a lot. Um, in terms of business, the biggest key, the, 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 here's the takeaway, and I can tell you because I've made 
I've made these mistakes and I still make some of them now, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be prepared in business before you open the business. Yeah. Can you throw something on the wall and see what sticks? You absolutely can. And have been people been successful doing that? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's it's few and far between. And it's the outliers. Few, they're outliers and, and most of them aren't black. <laughs> You know what I mean? They have other things on their side. And what I, my point is, we have to do a better job, everybody, black, brown, white, of preparing to be in business mm-hmm. before you get in business. And that means having six, six months of opening capital available, having six months of operating capital in savings, mm-hmm. right? Um, that means having a business plan before you go. That means having a why you're in business. That means having a vision and a mission and, and knowing all these things you play for before you open your doors. That's the biggest thing, like planning. If you haven't started a business yet, mm-hmm. please do that. Find somebody that can help you do it. Yeah, um, I'm the for that now. It's gosh, it's crazy. And if you're, and if you're already in business and you don't have these things available, call me, <laughs> let me help you get these things in line but even if you don't call me just just go but go back it's never too late to start a business plan right it's never too late to start um you know to start planning it's never too late to start saving yeah true people you know? listen to the timeline wait, wait real quick before we get out of here we had two good comments i want to share with or three uh whitney and napoleon said tune them later i have to watch the replay thanks whitney get that replay simone said do you read a lot of books how often do you read I know for me it's constant, but I want to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, I read a lot, but it goes in stages. So, like, honestly, I might might not read a book for, like, six weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get, like, three books and read them in, like, you know, two weeks. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I might not go. I, I mean, I, I live on this little coaster ride, which is not good. I, I usually I speak consistency. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I don't always practice it as You're well. You're human. Yeah, stuff happens. I'm human, yeah. Um... But I read a lot of books and I also listen to a lot of books. So I have like Audible, um, mm-hmm. but I'm a huge, I just, and I like reading fiction books, right? Um, mm-hmm. I love reading fiction because fiction gives us opportunities to dream. Mm, that's a good point. Imagination. Imagination. So like, I have so much imagination because as a kid, I was reading like all of these. I, I used to read Harlequin romances, which probably wasn't the best thing I should have been reading. I was like, oh, love is beautiful all the time. <laughs> um, but, you know, but I read, you know, um, everything from Outliers, right? Books like that. I read yeah, so motivate. Yeah. Um, I love Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell. Motivational books. I read sales books. I read books on speaking. Like what? I read books on stuff that doesn't even matter, like biology. I'm like, huh, let me figure yeah. out how plants really grow. Um, it helps you in some regard. And then, um, Oh, also, Donovan said, please also invite her to the her son to the LinkedIn meetup. You know, that's actually a good idea. Have you ever seen Joy McAdams? Joy McAdams is a part of uh, MedSnake Media with Shanae and Courtney, and she had her son at the LinkedIn meetup event for photography. Oh, that's what my son does. He owns his own video production company, photography and video. 
Okay, look up Joy McAdams when we get done, and you can message her. Um, we met at the event as well. She's close to Courtney and Shanae, and her son, I, I'm like 90% sure he was there to get into photography. Wow. So, um, and now I want to say she has videos of him actually doing it and showing the results of everything. So awesome. yeah, when it happens, invite your son. And then um, Simone says, do you mentor? I do. I don't do as much uh, pro bono mentoring now, and here's why because I volunteer, I sit on about five boards in Atlanta and I lead two of them and I have a leadership position in another one. Okay. So I give back a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and so I don't, ha I just don't have as much time to do mentoring, yeah. um, but I do do one-on-one -on -one consults and usually mentoring comes in that, right? I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm giving out great advice right now. <laughs> so um but yeah but i do have you know um i do have packages available and if somebody wants to talk to me about that i can but mentoring is always included you always you know, get more more, more than what you pay for i think you're plugging to come to the things you board all the places you board volunteer with them and show up at those events might be a good way to get some uh residual mentor from that's that's a great i mean i tell people that all the time i'm like if you want some help like just show up where i am and you'll yeah. end up you'll end up getting it yeah yep and wendy said you're inspiring thank you wendy for giving thank the kudos you. thank you wendy gosh thank you i really appreciate that tell my kids that will you <laughs> yeah you know, your son got it though i mean i i only pray that my my middle daughter gets that my my oldest son he probably he's 11 now um he'll probably get the above my middle daughter if she can do what your son's doing i'll be ecstatic <laughs> yeah my son my 20 year old one year old well all of my kids are entrepreneurs really my yeah. 21 and my my 21 and my last four boys okay the 21 year old and the and the 11 year old are out of control with it i mean they just they're just fantastic and the other ones are they have entrepreneurial spirit they're just not as into it as yeah. My follow-up follow -up live about parenting and entrepreneurship. That might have to be a follow-up uh, live we do. Dude, I love it. That's part of what why I created the Moms All In Conference to show people how you can, you know, you can parent and entrepreneur at the same time. So when is that next time that's going to happen? The next Moms All In Conference is slated for September 18th and 19th. It's okay. going to be at the uh, Atlanta Metropolitan College um, their event center on Memorial. Boulevard, is it Boulevard? No, Memorial. Metropolitan, Metropolitan. Yeah. Oh, Atlanta Metropolitan College on Metropolitan Avenue, yeah, here in Atlanta. So September 18th and 19th, tickets will be going on sale mid-March, I believe. Early Bird goes on sale mid-March, so. Okay, be great. Well, check it out, folks. It'll be coming up later, and I'll try to put that in the comments on this later. But wow. um, thank you again for joining us another Business of Benefits. Michelle, I appreciate making the Greek connection, the Black connection, the parent connection, and entrepreneur. We got a bunch of boxes checked off. <laughs> I hope that I was able to give your uh, your viewers what they needed. Yeah, and reshare. And thanks for everybody watching the replay. We'll catch you next time. Awesome. Thank you so much. Way of Life Group is an insurance firm dedicated to helping small businesses get the resources they need to grow, which includes employee benefits for any budget. Please check us out on LinkedIn for more information.